0: Hello,
1: and welcome to a very long-awaited episode of Bella Huttman's Curse. Uh, As always, uh, Steve Sutherland, your host, alongside Julian Amarante. Sorry we've been gone so long. You know, we talk about it, but there's just been too much football for us that we just couldn't keep up for recording. We've just been watching too much, probably like most of you. But seeing as now we have some time uh, and we've kind of retooled, we're back. We're excited and, and we hope you are too. Uh, Julian, how you doing?
0: Good. You know, I'm really sorry that we uh, kind of like ended abruptly after our wonderful episode with Frank Nashi. Um, you know, what does John Lennon say? Life's what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. And that's probably why we, we kind of taken such a long time to come back. We're going to be a little bit more consistent in the future. Uh, we're actually kind of excited about getting back on track and uh, waiting for the new season to start. And, uh, you know, we really enjoyed the Women's World Cup and we uh, have a lot to talk about.
1: We didn't so much enjoy any of the other international tournaments that have happened over, yeah. over the break. But yeah. there has been uh, definitely some excitement. And uh, as you'll hear, you know, as always, the discussion will end up inevitably leading into VAR today. Yeah, um, today's show will be broken into a few different parts. Uh, where we're going to start with today is on our um, just d- different things. Uh, we'll probably end up starting uh, with reviews of, well, how the seasons went, how the international tournaments went and what our opinions are. And and then we'll get into discussing maybe players of the year, teams of the year, what are just general feelings. Uh, and as always, we would love your feedback, agree with us, disagree with us. Either way, you're welcome to do both. Um, Julian.
0: Yeah, I just, I have a quick question for you. Um, It's been, you know, we've been talking about this over the summer, but we really never really got a chance to kind of get to the heart of it, especially over this last month. And I wanted to ask you, do you think there's just too much football?
1: Well, we've discussed this. I think, I don't know if there's too much football, I don't think there can ever be too much football. Good answer. But uh, FIFA didn't schedule things well, I think. And I think yeah. Megan Rapino really got to the heart of this before the World Cup final for the women. Or you know, why would you schedule it's a World Cup final, whether it's men's or women's, like that is no other football should be played on that day. Yeah, and I think that was the really big mistake. So when yeah. you say too much football, I, that type of situation, I would agree with you. Um, but how I could watch football from seven in the morning until twelve at night. So
0: I I, I tend to agree with you. I would just add though, there was a time, you know, um, I would say not too long ago, maybe about ten years ago where, you know, football was just starting to come online into North America, the markets were coming. And there, there was a there wasn't as much as there is now. And I think that that kind of made it, you know, um, a little bit more intriguing, you know, that the, the storylines, I, I feel now that there is a glut. And I, I'm not so concerned about the consumption, because there is a, if people start Watching, I think that'd actually be a good thing. I think the there needs to be a bit of a contraction in terms of the amount of people that kind of like have just kind of gone online. However, I am concerned that players, the is just too much on players.
1: So I think my question would be then, is it that there is a question of too much access right now? Or do you think players are playing too much? Because these tournaments were still happening regularly 10 years ago. But maybe there has been an expansion in terms of preseason football that gets played. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But really, a lot of these tournaments were still happening to maybe not the same regularity that we have now. Specifically, mm-hmm. The Copa America has happened well, very often. But the fact that there's just much more access to much more football uh, in North America.
0: For me, the correlation seems to have come with the expansion of financial expansion of football, has come with also the amount of football you could view. I remember a time here in Canada where the only uh, football we would get was on Saturday mornings with this thing called Soccer Saturday. It was about a two and a half, sometimes three hour program. It started around nine o'clock in the morning and we would never get a full match. We would always get extended highlights and then there would be like a review of all the the leagues of Europe and there would be like, you know, like some, it was all, all feeds from England. And I remember with the Italian league, we used to have to get up early uh, on Sunday mornings and go to the Caruso Club in Sudbury and there would be only about 10 of us. And everybody would be there with a copy of their Gazetto dello Sporto and there'd be long polemics. And I watched it go from there to, you know, like where you can only watch matches on satellite. Then to more matches and so on and so on and so on and so on. And now, to me, it seems like everywhere you look now, there's football. I mean, for the for the avid football fan, this is a fantastic development. But I also remember a time when you know, less is you know sometimes less is more, and it kind of you know created a great deal more of intrigue. Uh, I think that you know uh, we run the risk of becoming blase about things, and I think that this is. This is, to me, what what scares me about football is it's kind of a unique thing. And in North America now, I I, I feel like we're kind of at a tipping point and that it just might become a little bit too homogenized. But, you know, that's just me bitching and complaining, you know. I want everything to be like it was when I was five years old. So, you know, but we can't have that, Uh, you know. Things evolve, things change, right? So that's the only thing, that's my only point, really. And I, I, my concern is that just the, you know, this correlation, like I said, between financial corruption. I know that's probably a strong thing to say, but it does. To me, I think that, you know, uh, the financial uh, inclusion and explosion in, in football really, really, really uh, has. Uh, you know, kind of created a, a kind of certain kind of homogeneity, but you know, like again, that's nostalgia and nostalgia makes good Stalinists out of us all.
1: So, so let's turn to, I guess the first uh, segment of the program today. Um, any major thoughts on anything that happened across Europe in the leagues um, when they wrapped up, anything that stood out to you, anything surprising, not surprising.
0: No, I mean, no real surprises. I mean, Everybody who won their respective league championships are people that we pretty much expected to win. Um, there was no real surprises, nothing that really stood out and grabbed you, I think. For me, I kind of narrowed it down onto, to three things. I, I think that it was great to have watched this league championship and in the in the premiership, sorry, I mean, this this battle between Liverpool and man City that was to me the highlight just to watch these two teams completely chase each other right down to almost the last day uh, you know culminating with that that incredible goal by um, uh, company in that match which was fantastic I, I I think you have to give an honorable mention to Ajax. they to me were the real surprise this year and they not only were they a a surprise. They were a pleasant surprise. It was lovely to watch the kind of football that they brought to the table, and of course the inauguration of the Canadian Premier League. I think these were the these were the three things. Other, other than that, you know, there was really not that you know, nothing was really eventful in the sense that it kind of took me by surprise.
1: So, with the premiership, do you think this was maybe one of the most exciting finish, if not like what were twenty? How many years now? Twenty. Two Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you get how can you
0: forget the before just before I turned the premiership, you know, on that last kick of the game when Arsenal won the championship over Liverpool? I think that was 88, 89. Uh, that was that. I mean, but I mean, I, I it was one of the most exciting ones, I think, in, in a long time and interesting to see the kind of changing styles. Although I think there have been better seasons.
1: So you also have that Manchester, the two Manchester teams where Aguero wins the, the league on the last. Kick, kick of, of, of the season, season as well
0: and or and when the year when Bla, uh, uh blackburn rovers won the premiership well was a fantastic Leicester. yeah, leicester's championship i mean but it was, it, was, it was i mean it'll i think people will remember it for this you know battle between man city and and liverpool and i, I think that's notable
1: i think it'll be smart to note too that about I think there were about two or three months left in the season, and you said Liverpool was going to end up choking because City was yeah. back by a fair few points.
0: Well, and- they caught them, but I thought they the, – I, I, Man City caught Liverpool, which I, I, I'm happy to say I predicted, but I actually thought they would have surpassed them, and they didn't. And, you know, hats off to Liverpool for just, you know, continuously pushing City to the limits, you know. And in many ways, you know, Man City pushing Liverpool to the limits too, right? So I think that that, that goes down as a fantastic thing. Yeah. I mean, I brutal final, right? I mean, the Champions League final was among one of the worst finals, maybe the worst final I've ever seen.
1: Well, two coaches that you expect a much different style of play from yeah. who come out almost timid
0: very timid. I mean, the only other final I can think of that was, that, that was as pathetic was the 1990 world cup final between, uh, uh, West Germany and, uh, and, and Argentina, which ended one nil. And again, like it was a fantastic tournament. And then the, the, the final was just ugly and oh. brutal. And, and, and now, you know, it's kind of almost the same thing. We saw like a fantastic championship, uh, in the Premiership, people, you know, just pushing each other as far as they can, only to get to the Champions League between two, you know, Premiership teams that, you know, looked like they were actually going to give each other a game to be like a real dud of a game,
1: you know. Yeah, and well, and the the, the amount of different upsets that happened in that Champions League throughout this throughout yeah. the Champions League was
0: yeah leading was was fantastic. I mean, yourself, anything? That you can say in terms of not
1: like to me the this I agree with you on Ajax like the standout performance to me although Real Madrid had just an absolute awful season was Ajax going into the Bernabeu and just yeah. demolishing them
0: giving them a clinic really that was fantastic actually
1: um, and then seeing Barcelona go to Liverpool and forget how to play football probably the absolute worst time imaginable.
0: I think a lot of us
1: still saw that.
0: I think you and I saw that and then we kind of got fooled by how well they were doing in the league and then that first match, even though they won 3-0 I think they were very fortunate to get those three goals and then I think what happened was I think Barcelona got found out to be quite honest with you that you know, without Messi, there's not much there anymore.
1: Well, I think we'll talk about that yeah. kind of further on. Um, teams that stood out uh, and like other other things that stood out across the leagues was, uh, n- n- again, no challenges to Juve at all, um, which was surprising because I, I definitely thought Napoli was going to put up much more of a much more of a a challenge than than anything else. But they but they didn't. Um, let's go. I'm gonna ask you if you had to name who are your three players you think are going to be contesting the Ballon d'Or this year? I don't know.
0: I'm never good at the Ballon d'Or. I'm just going to basically say who I thought were three fantastic players this year that were and with a few honorable mentions. Um, I think Messi was phenomenal this year. Uh, I mean, at his age, they pulled him back a little bit. He wasn't playing as, for, as much forward. He had a fantastic season. You you just can't dispute what the season he had. And in many ways he carried that team to the championship. Uh because I mean what we're seeing and what I think what we're going to see is that Barcelona without Messi is not much. Okay. Uh I think that it, the, the man was just on fire this year, and he had to play a more diminutive role than than kind of being, uh, you know, the focal point. So I, I I want to give him props for that. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke had a fantastic season, but I, I think there's a qualifier there. Uh, I think that he is a very good defender. Don't buy the hype, that this guy is like the all-time now. I mean, if you listen to Liverpool fans out there or if you listen to the, the commentariat out there, you would think that this guy is like the golden boy uh, defender of his generation. Uh, I don't think you can put him in, up with the likes of guys like uh, uh, Franco Barresi, uh Paolo Maldini, Lilian Taram. Uh, like, he's a good but, defender, yeah. but he is not one of the all-time yes. great yet yeah, yeah but I mean that's 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 fair point and I agree that a player like this will grow okay however, I do think that uh, what we see uh, how do I say this the way that he's being propped up by the kind of hype machine that exists now in football uh, you know I, let's see let's let's see what how he's he's going to progress
1: so you and I discussed this too I don't even think he was I I don't even know if he's a top five premier, like in the history of just the premiership, I don't even put him in the top five. Of defenders,
0: I agree. I mean, there's been some extraordinary defenders. Tony Adams. uh, I hate to say this, John Terry. uh, Rio Ferdinand, uh, although I I like Rio Ferdinand.
1: Uh, I mean... Vidic at the same time. Vidic at the same time. You could could even argue there have been players at Liverpool who were... Des Walker,
0: who never really got to shine on a great team, was a fantastic... Defender, so many guys. I mean, but like you know, to be to be fair, uh, let let let's see how his career goes over time. And and I mean, I, I think because there were times that you can see that he just literally would fall asleep, and uh, you know, Liverpool paid for it. I, I liked uh, still on the topic of defenders. I love the way Delict played for uh, Ajax and. Uh, I I think there's a lot of great expectations and great hopes
1: um, for him. We'll see what happens, of course. The two of them are the starting centre-backs for the Dutch national team, so it could be a resurgence of Dutch football. Except
0: this time it'll be more uh, more tighter on the defence rather than the emphasis being on attacking. Uh, I'd like to say a few honourable mentions of some players. Um, For me, uh, I, I loved watching Ross Barkley play for Chelsea this year. I think that that guy is one of the consummate footballers. Uh, he I, wasn't
1: I, for a long time. For a long
0: time he wasn't, but this year he had a great year and I hope that he continues on that upward upward climb. Uh, I really enjoyed watching him play this I year. I think he
1: could learn – Like I, I, neither of us are, are big fans of Frank Lampard, but no. in terms of midfielders in the Premiership era that can score goals – there's Frank Lampard and there's everybody else.
0: Well, you know, you know, we can talk about this at some point in the future, but I, I think that Chelsea's in for a real sad awakening this year. I don't think Frank Lampard... And I worry about uh, 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 Barkley because of this... Because I don't think Frank Lampard is the kind of coach to take a player like that to the next level. Uh, I, also, I also want to give a, a great shout-out to the young Juventus striker Moises Keane. Uh, this guy was scoring goals at will and he is he's under 21 and uh, i i hope juventus utilize him and don't do what they've done to so many players and make them atrophy on the bench uh the last person i want to make a, a was uh, the fullback for the u.s national uh women's national team um crystal dunn i thought i thought she had a fantastic world cup i thought she was one of the best players on the pitch in that whole tournament so those are the players that really surprised me how about you steve
1: I agree with mostly everybody that you've pointed out. Um, A couple other mentions: Bernardo Silva at City to me was City's best player all season. Um, He was the player of the the Nations League semifinals and and finals. Um, I think he had a a wonderful season. Uh, I don't think you can discredit the work that Megan Rapinoe has put in uh, coming back she's done her a c l what twice and yeah she was still able to come back win the golden boot uh although the Americans ran up the score against the Thailand team but we don't need to get into that just yet um but those would be the two people that i like you could talk about uh well there are so many other players, but I think I think those ones are the are the real standouts to me this season we mm-hmm. could talk about. Sadio Mane, I think, was was better than he was last year. Yeah. Um,
0: again, you know, we're, just so people who are listening know, these are our personal favorites as opposed to, you know, kind of like being objective. You know, we <laughs> yeah. can't. You, we you know, we, we try to be objective and say, who is the best player of the season? I mean, we're just kind of going from
1: our personal views and our, our, our observations this well, year. For again. those of you who know us, the fact that Julian's picked a Juve player and I've picked a City player,
0: uh, well, or a Liverpool player, yeah, too. Is, yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're learning. Yeah, we're, we're learning. We're, we're growing. Yeah. We're growing.
1: Uh, any teams in general that stood out to you this year? Uh,
0: yeah. the Well, the obvious one is going to be Man City. I mean, these guys, like, have lost how many games in two years? Like three in the season? They just they, – when they get moving, they're like a machine. There's something really special to watch about them. But again, it speaks to the kind of financial power. I mean, a team like this would, would not exist if Man City did not have the deep pockets that they have.
1: Well, I would, I would hesitate to give them as much credit as you might, um, looking at the level of opposition that they had to face to, uh, to win the trophies versus teams in the past. Have have had to have had
0: to be. Yeah. Well, it's going to get interesting this year because I think that the premiership is going to be a lot tighter. So I mean, if they do it again this year, this has got to go down as one of the greatest teams ever, in my opinion. Uh, regardless of the fact that they have you know this like unbelievable uh, stash of cash that comes from uh, you know a corrupt regime,
1: you know. I, I still think they need to win in Europe. I know that you aren't fully on board with that one, but I, I, I do think that... that
0: pedigree is important, yes.
1: I, I do think that that is really important. I think it would help to cement Guardiola as uh, a better coach if indeed he could win a European Championship with the team other than that very classic Barcelona side that he did so well with.
0: I mean, I, I would also throw... Uh... I accent into the
1: equation as yep. a surprise. I think we would agree that uh,
0: the Americans, uh, the women's national team from the United States, uh, was just proved to us that these guys are like, wow. Like, I mean, two World Cups in a row, the fourth World Cup. Uh, what is it? They, they haven't lost a match in something 25 like
1: twenty-five or twenty-six games or something games like or that. something
0: like that. So they, I mean, they've also they also have to get that mentioned. But my personal favorite this year was Atalanta of Bergamo in Italy. Fantastic! This little small provincial club that has been perennial—you know—a uh, team that would drop from city A to city B, go back up, back it down. He's now in the Champions League this year, and they don't have to play the qualifying match. So very, very—that—that that was that was the real bright spot for me.
1: I'll agree with your teams. I'll add one more. Um, Wolves, I think, have yeah, an absolutely cool. fantastic season. Uh, I hope they make some signings for for this season. Yeah to uh, continue an upward trend and possibly be one of those teams to break the, the mold of the top six uh, in England.
0: Steve, who's your manager of the year? Uh,
1: the manager that seems that the club loved to hate. He won them a, trophy, a European trophy and they still fired him, but that seems very typical of Abramovich. Bremovich. Uh, I thought Sarri made that team play well above how good they actually are.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. Honestly, I, uh, that team was a team, in my opinion, that I had picked to finish like seventh place this year, and instead they 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 made it to the League Cup final. Okay, they finished third place and they won the Europa Cup, and yet they still had this hatred for Maurizio Salari. I mean, you know that that he was not a, a coach that could adapt and so on, but he was incredible. I mean, you also got to throw in my my opinion. You got to throw Klopp and Guardiola in there for what they did. Um,
1: Eric Ten Hag at, at, yeah. uh, at Ajax. I think the same thing. I would also uh, I the name escapes me, but uh, I would actually pick the women, the Dutch women's coach. Well,
0: oh, she was smart in that final. Yeah,
1: like, brilliant tactics. They got they got beat by what. Well, you think is a bad call. I we'll
0: talk about that later. I
1: say yeah, it's the right call. We'll talk about that later. Either way, I,
0: I'd like to throw in Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez saved uh, Newcastle. Uh, the only reason Newcastle is still in the Premiership is because of Rafa Benitez.
1: Oh, and they won't be next year, then. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, disappointments. Well, let's start with teams. OK. Oh, God, this is easy. Yeah. Well,
0: for me, I'm going to look. Your I,
1: club. My club, club,
0: Milan, disappointed the daylights out of me this year. Uh, Inter was another disappointment. United, disappointment. Uh, FC Franco, I enjoyed that, that, that that they were a disappointment. PSG, I enjoyed that they were another disappointment. But the biggest disappointment for me this year was to play the second leg of the Copa Libertadores in the uh, Bernabeu. I think that that was, that, thou, that was an absolute act of heresy. The, a South American
1: tournament being played in Europe. You know, this is brutal. I would add, uh, in terms of disappointing teams, a team that we thought was going to stay up at the start of the season, uh, I was supremely disappointed with Fulham. Uh, I thought Fulham should have done better. I don't, like, not win any trophies or anything, but they definitely should not have been relegated uh, yeah. as easily as they were. Um uh, Managers, anybody management wise?
0: Uh, disappointment. Yeah. Uh, well, Gattuso. Uh, Gattuso, as my as my as my friend Prospero calls him, he's yeah. a he's a pane and salami guy, which basically means he's a bread and salami guy. I mean, he could, but he's he's not he's not a good. Job. And uh, it was a real disappointment for me this year with Sean Dyche. I mean, Burnley didn't do well, and he always had this propensity to blame the referees and blame something external. You know. And I mean the whole coaching situation this year. Uh, a lot of coaches were really in the d- disappointment. I mean, like West Ham United. I mean, this year with uh, Pellegrini, I really thought. I mean, and, and there was games where they looked amazing, and then there was games where they just looked like like they should
1: have been relegated. Once, yeah. You know. Uh, uh,
0: players disappointing players,
1: Steve. Oh, picked by. My- the easiest one as a United fan to pick on is Paul Pogba.
0: And despite scoring, what, 14 goals? Yeah. Yeah. And and the rumor that he was actually going to – some of the players actually had voted for him to be player of the year. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I don't think it's a situation. In Pogba's case, I don't think it's a situation of his talent. And I think that this guy is like – this guy, to me – could be like a superstar. It just seems like he yeah, no, just doesn't care.
1: Yeah. Well, and we talked with this, right? Won the world cup. It's, it's not a good, it's not good to win the world cup when you're young. Yeah.
0: You just don't have that fire anymore.
1: But there are other players from that French team, namely Mbappe, who had a, a great season at PSG, yeah. who still had that fire and went out and played. Although we're seeing player power now, maybe completely take over. Um, those would be really my biggest disappointments. Neymar, Neymar is Neymar. Yeah. I,
0: I like, wow. wow. Who cares? Like, I mean, what What a soap opera. And to think that Barcelona is pushing to get this guy
1: back. Well, they've confirmed Griezmann now, so they might not yeah. actually bring him back. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Any other players on yours?
0: Well, just, you know, one again with Milan, Suzo uh, I, I had great hope and expectations. He really didn't pull through this year.
1: Uh, that could be Gattuso. I don't think Gattuso used improperly. Well, so I, maybe I, maybe I, that's not... I, like
0: I, that. I have a funny feeling the man will end up going somewhere else and uh, uh, playing very well. And we'll just say, oh, there's another guy that we basically wasted. Yeah. Um, best match? Do you have anything?
1: No, the Ajax win at, at the Bernabeu. Well, I think it yeah. has to be the best one.
0: I, I can't really think of one that stands out this year for me. You know, uh, uh Aside from just like I can think of one instant, the free kick uh, that Messi scored uh, uh, late in the game against Liverpool was something spectacular. But a match doesn't really stand out to me this year. Like, you know, one that that, that kind of goes in the pantheon of the great matches, you know. Um, Worst thing you saw this year? The the thing that upset you the most?
1: Okay, I'll give you two. Go for it. Uh, It's... The use of VAR in England versus the U.S. Well,
0: we're going to talk about VAR a little bit later. So,
1: but yeah, but specifically that instance, um, and uh, the river, uh, the actions of the river fans uh, before the second leg.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, I'm probably going to take a lot of flack for this, but I was really disappointed in in the women's, uh, the Americans national team, women's national team celebration against Thailand. I think that was like really out of place. I think that one of the things that they did. Um, you know, like this, the, the women's game. One of the things I like about the women's game is there is this kind of camaraderie and solidarity that they're all working towards, and kind of sportsmanship, uh, the the kind of collegiality, the kind of fact that they want to build this game. And I thought that was in real poor taste, particularly when you know you're in extra time and you're winning already 12 nothing, and you have these choreographed displays. I think it was real poor taste. I mean. You know, radical movements here is not to mimic, you know, the opposite gender because now we can do it, okay? It's to build a new edifice. And I think by doing that, I think that 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 was just in poor taste.
1: So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll jump into the International Roundup. And we are back. We're gonna jump into our international roundup, and we will start with probably the best soccer, like the best football tournament we have seen. You say 1990, I say 1994. I don't think we have much of a debate there.
0: Well, yeah, no, I, for me, I, this has uh, been one of the best. Well, I, I think that the last great World Cup was 1986. They've all been pretty shitty after that. I, 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 there's been there's been great moments and great matches within the World Cup. But I think the last great World Cup was 1986. Uh, I think Italia 1990 was phenomenal right up until the final. However, I think that this tournament, the Women's uh, World Cup was the best tournament of the last 30 years, uh, I, no doubt for me. I enjoyed every match. I enjoyed so much about this. The caliber, the quality. I mean, you know, the, the, there's, there's, there's a lot of controversies. I mean, the Cameroonian women's team, I mean, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and pass judgment. I can understand why they, 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 they uh, had the reaction that they had. Um, yeah, there, 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 there was a gap you know, in the field. But what was great about it, there was easily, I would say, eight or nine teams that could have won that tournament. Um, I mean, the game has come, uh, the women's the women's game, particularly at the international level, has come a long way, and it's going to basically go a long way. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot more professional leagues. And But I also, the, the sad part to that is I think you're going to see the kind of discrepancy in the development of of football based on the wealth of the North versus the poverty of the South. And I don't think you'll see like, you know, African nations develop uh, as well. Their players will be poached, I think, for these professional leagues in in France and and in England uh, and in the U.S. But I guess that's just a necessary evil now. I'm really looking forward to seeing how how the league uh, at the club level um, football uh, w- uh, for women will grow. But that, to me, was a fantastic tournament, you know. Uh, the only thing was, Canada. That
1: well, was terrible. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to wait to really get into that because I want to make the correlation between how the men's team did not perform at the Gold, the Gold Cup. Cup.
0: What do you think of the of the women's World Cup?
1: Uh, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, I think the joke we made throughout the whole time is we only ever saw the stretcher come out what once before the final. The final, yeah. th- there was that really nasty clash of heads where that where the both of them were practically knocked out. My count,
0: well, my father came up with the count. He watched every match. He said three times he saw the stretcher come on, and that was when uh, that poor young woman broke her arm in uh, the Canadian game. It was Dutch woman, right? Um, the semi final where the Swedish woman uh, got, knocked uh, out. got knocked out, and then in the final, okay. Otherwise, it was like just unbelievable. Like, you know, get they,
1: up and get on you know, with
0: it. I mean, they had their diving issues. I mean, you know, Alex Morgan's uh, looked like you know, the, uh, a diver
1: that's a far discussion that you we'll know, have yeah. after.
0: But, uh, um, you know, I think that this is, I, I think that it was just, and, and I hope they don't pick up these bad habits of diving. Um, but, um, you know, it, 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 it was a great tournament. I really enjoyed it, and I, I wish football we played more in, in, in that kind of spirit.
1: Any standout performers, not in the American? Like you've, you've mentioned, Crystal Dunn. I've mentioned Megan Rapinoe. Um, we well, could the, probably the, talk about Lavallee in the American midfield as well. The fr- yeah, but the,
0: the, the French, the French squad, to me, they got hosed. The English squad got hosed. We'll talk about this later. But they had players in the, the French squad, the French forward attacking line, but especially their, their deep line midfielder, uh, Henri. Yeah. My goodness. Like there was some some fantastic football by the by by the forwards. Uh, I can't remember their, their names at the moment. Wait, the Tine and
1: uh, uh, Le Sommer.
0: Le Sommer. just some exquisite football. And the same the same with the the English. The English uh, uh, White was yeah, Ellen right? White. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Like what? Like they, talk about somebody who had the smell of the net. You know, I mean, could, like, you know, just push it. Uh, there were some real bright spots in the Canadian squad, except we just couldn't score goals. Uh, um, I mean, the, the keeper from Chile, my goodness. Like, in in what in what match would you find a keeper that gets player of the match that allows three goals? I mean, think about that for a second. That's how incredible she was. Look,
1: we're going to talk about keepers. The Dutch keeper in the final oh, is the only God. reason the Dutch were even remotely in, in it to, as long as they were. Uh, I agree. Same with their striker. The, yeah. Uh, uh, Maidema. Yeah. Oh. The, the, the move that there was one move we we're watching that game.
0: She sent half the te- She sent five, five uh, uh, American players one way and was clear uh only to have a last gasp defender, just uh, stop in front of her blast. That That woman looked like she had the ball tied to her ankles at times. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah. It was a, yeah, like I said, very enjoyable tournament. Were there issues? There, there always are at, yeah. at these tournaments. Uh, but all of these things grow. Things get better.
0: Yeah. yeah well, 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 yeah. I mean, let's hope so. Uh, we're, we're still leading up to the discussion about VAR, but nonetheless,
1: Copa America. Well, I'm going to, let me, let me go to Canada. Let's do the Canadian thing first. Okay. The Canadian women couldn't score. At all, the Canadian men could not defend. Yeah, this is a coaching issue. Herdman is an attacking coach, and I think the Canadian women were missing that. Yeah, Um, they did look much better defensively than they ever have.
0: I I really, if you looked at their performances against uh, uh, the Dutch and the uh, who who, uh, the Swedes, right? Defensively, they were solid, very solid, but they had no shots on goal. You can't win if you don't shoot on that. And uh, here we have Christine Sinclair, like, you know, like one of the all-time great footballers, period. And they couldn't get her. There was no service whatsoever. I mean, extraordinarily tight on defense, but, you know, you got to score goals to win.
1: Well, and I think this was the opposite issue that the the men's team had in the World Cup was –
0: Listen I, I, before before you get going on the men's team in the Gold Cup. I, I, we'll get to that in a second. You know that there was we. Steve and I watched the game against Haiti, and I have vowed not to watch another uh, a Canadian men's football match for the next two years. I was so angry after that match. I felt like I, I I've never seen a team collapse like that in a long time.
1: What have I always told you though? Yeah. What have What have I always what, I what, always what, what, what are
0: you going to teach me
1: here? What I've always told you, two 0 is the absolute. worst oh, no! No,
0: of course, but still, nonetheless, they, we could have killed that game.
1: They, they should have. I think the coaching mistake was you we, had you had your best attacking player playing as left back.
0: Yeah, but but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's still focus on, on the Canadian women's
1: team. Uh, I don't think there's much more to say about the Canadian women. Well, where team. do you, where
0: do they go from here?
1: I, I, I wouldn't fire the I wouldn't fire the coach over o, o, over this uh, mostly because you said they, and, and like you said there are a lot of really good teams in this tournament that could have won Sweden end up making the semifinals of the tournament so I I honestly think Sinclair is probably going to end up retiring but I don't see I don't see many changes on the horizon. For yeah. them, I think they'll continue to I think do what they
0: do. Yeah, according to you, because you follow them very closely, they've got some good players coming up. But this, this, this strategy, this regime that they got in place, I, I can't see them to, that taking them uh, to, to successful avenues.
1: You no, know this is the team that did win the Olympic bronze, right? Right. So yeah. like, there should they should have been more successful. Yeah. Uh, they looked going into the tournament like they were going to be more successful. Um and they just weren't. But again, they played against like a semifinalist knocked them out. And their group was the, the Dutch, who were a fi- who were the finalists. So I'm not sure we can be too too frustrated with where yeah. where they ended up finishing, other than the fact was they weren't shoot, like the shots weren't there and the, the ball wasn't going in the net. And, and you know what happens when you're chasing a record, too, right? right. Sinclair was also just not having yeah. luck in front of the net. Uh,
0: I, I, I just think that they should have taken at least, uh, in my opinion, I, I think they should have at least uh, taken a quarterfinal appearance. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, the I want to make an honorable mention. I can't remember her name right now, the striker for the Aussies. The Matildas. I can't remember. She plays in both the American League and uh, and I think the, the European League, I, I believe. Just a tremendous force of nature. Frank, remind us, please.
1: Well, I think lastly, I think the last shout out, and I think it's the most deserved. Uh, Marta, now the all-time yeah. leading scorer in yeah. World Cup finals across
0: for too. At yeah. the same time,
1: so I, I think that's uh, I think that's really important to recognize. Marta's contributions to the World Cup as she most likely retires after this tournament as yeah. well. I know you're a big fan because she doesn't wear sponsors on her boots
0: at all, man. That's that's great. And I mean, uh, what 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 would have been of Norway had Hedeberger been there?
1: I don't know much different to be to uh, be completely honest. There was you.
0: some you know, in that game against England, even though England won quite comfortably. I think that had she been in that match that, that that could have swung the other way there was a lot of opportunities that could have really changed yeah, the changed it,
1: but again. the ball has to fall to her feet yeah, too right yeah. so so let's move on the gold cup
0: no, the one before that let's go to the gold cup at the end well well we got two two more to me I want to talk about the Copa America because this will
1: be brief so this is either the worst tournament I think I've ever seen period
0: pure garbage I've never seen professional footballers, more disinterested in playing football than in that tournament. It was absolutely, I mean, the whole thing, from the quality of play to the ref, the officiating, to the behavior of players, to the behavior of fans, it was like just, I mean, it was atrocious. I, I, like there were, it was times it was just unwatchable, and wow, has South American football taken a nosedive in the last couple of years? The trends that have basically, uh, you know, been in Europe uh, have have not moved over, and it's hilarious because those who are basically starting these trends, people like Bielsa, uh, uh, Pochettino, uh, like, you know, it's unbelievable that the influence of South America on on European football, yet they have not they, they they look like they're going through a very, very stagnant phase.
1: yep uh, I wasn't surprised that Brazil won. Brazil tends to win the Copa when it is played at home. Yep. so uh, no problems there. Uh, I know we're going to have a a, a much more fleshed out VAR discussion in our our third segment, but I do think it needs to be brought up now with the Copa America based on what happened in that semifinal between Argentina and Brazil?
0: Well, the, the, I mean, let's hold off because there's so much to say and, and I think we got to kind of keep our our, our our guns loaded for when we get into this question of VAR. Uh, this is going to be, I think, a perpetual discussion throughout the year. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to get it right. Like, I mean, VAR, in in, in the Copa America, I think the commentary when it comes to VAR shows the real limitations of VAR. And I would even go so far to say that the Women's World Cup did the same.
1: Yeah, I think that's, there There are arguments to be made on, on both sides. Um,
0: oh, yeah. However, yeah, I mean, I, 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 well, but go ahead. I go think ahead. the
1: most interesting story, the, the most interesting story that came out of this was Suarez missing the penalty that probably would have taken Uruguay probably all the way to the final at that point. Uh, They were the best team, which is not saying much um, in regards to this tournament because there were no really good standout teams. But the fact that he missed the penalty uh, was kind of a what goes around, comes around moment. Uh, A lot of people relating it to the fact of what happened uh, with his uh, his handball on the line against Ghana in, in that World Cup. But again, overall, terrible tournament. The fact that the Uruguay team could not win for Tabarez, I think, is the most disappointing thing uh, out there. And I think you and I have discussed that. Uh, Any other comments about the, the Copa?
0: No, it was brutal.
1: Okay, Gold Cup. Brutal. I had nothing to say.
0: Yeah, brutal. Absolutely brutal. Whoop-de-doo. Mexico and the United States in the final. And again.
1: Mexico wins 1-0. Yeah.
0: I mean, what? I mean, really? I mean, do something with this tournament, okay? I mean, like, first of all, do, don't do put Mexico on one bracket and, and, and the United States on another bracket, okay? Uh, I don't know. I, I invite better competition. It would be nice maybe if Japan came here and won the damn tournament, uh, you know, just to shake things up. I mean, I I don't know what to say because, like, the the gulf between the wealthy countries uh, and the wealthy footballing nations against the the small ones like Curaçao, I mean, it was great to watch Haiti and and Jamaica go, you know, push those teams as far as they could. But for crying out loud, I mean... uh, this was as about as exciting as uh, breaking pieces of styrofoam off. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, it's like
1: you. I could have it, sat there with like that bubble pop. Yeah, was, uh, and
0: and the only match that was of any consequence and was actually quite exciting was the biggest disappointment, and that was the quarterfinal that we watched together between Katie and, and uh, yeah and, and the United and you know, uh, and Canada. I mean, honest, to good God, I mean they got to do something with, 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 with this because it, it's just brutal. I mean, uh, I remember when Canada won in 2000, um, you know, I had invited uh, Colombia and Ecuador, and that was a fantastic tournament. I mean, it actually changed the complexion of things because, you know, Mexico and the United States had helped their game, and Canada was well-coached, Holger Osiak. They had some really decent players, and they ended up winning the damn thing. Um, like, the point I'm trying to make is this could be a good tournament it's just that the management of this is like, I mean, it's just garbage.
1: Yeah. Um, next up, uh, Nations League. There were the Nations League semifinal and final, uh, Portugal, uh, winning it at home, which I don't think was much surprise to, just about anybody. Although we thought the English was going to do better against the, uh, against the Dutch and the Dutch went to the, went to the final and it didn't really seem to do much of anything.
0: Well, I mean, Um, that final uh, to me showed Portugal's quality. You know, I've been saying this for about a year and a half now that there's a revolution taking place in in Portuguese football. And, uh, I mean, that that was the evidence. That final, I mean, even though the scoreline was only 1-0, could have easily been 3-4-0. Okay? Portugal, really, Portugal's quality was much better than than what the the Dutch had.
1: Uh, I think the Dutch had their chances, though. I think you're I think your distaste for Dutch football might be showing a little. Well, bit,
0: but- in, in this confirmation, yeah. But I mean, I think there's a lot of people who would agree with me who are a lot smarter about football than I am, and uh, I mean, they looked very good, and and I and I, and I think that I think that Portugal uh, will be a, a team to watch during the next Euro, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they actually you know repeated as champions.
1: You know, well, that that would raise a different question that I don't think we're going to talk about today yeah. would be the Ronaldo, Messi question again.
0: Well, uh, at some point that has to be that has to be addressed, I think, uh, because I, I I've had a bit of a change of heart on this actually, but nonetheless,
1: I don't think it needs to be addressed. Why can't we just enjoy? Probably well, I, I think it is, players? but uh,
0: but I think that Ronaldo has gotten a bad rap just because the guy is insufferable okay <laughs> he's an insufferable person I mean he's always complaining he's always crying but and you he's, know.
1: I think he's lucky now because I think yeah. I think Neymar is more insufferable yeah. so we pay we pay less attention to how insufferable he is he's also played for Madrid and Juve yeah, yeah. So. and, and
0: I, I, I don't forget these things and I don't forget his, his insufferable behavior but I, I do believe that 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 You've got to look at this guy's is won major trophies he's with teams, a, he's a and player. he's been and he's been at the center of those teams winning those trophies. Well, and
1: he's also done some good stuff around the world too, right? Yeah.
0: Not uh, money no, but there's also some allegations out there that look pretty, pretty damning. And uh, I mean, if that, if, if indeed those those uh, those uh, allegations well, are true, uh, to me it just basically throws everything that he's done in the garbage. Yeah.
1: Uh, lastly, uh, today is the semi-finals of the African Cup of Nations. And I was just checking the score. Uh, North Africa. its a—it's uh, We have two North African teams versus two West African teams. Uh, Julian, you said you're checking the scores. It's 0-0 know.
0: in the 70th minute between Senegal and Tunisia. And uh, Algeria and Nigeria don't play until this evening. But I will say that this has been... A wild tournament, and we haven't been able to catch one game because I can't afford BN TV.
1: Uh, uh, I've watched yeah, it. Yeah. I, tr- I, sh- I tried to get you to watch it on my phone. We yeah, were, you know, I know. Yeah, we were at Giovanni's and we were waiting for the pizzas. To yeah, get made.
0: I know. Like I mean, like just following the results. I mean, Madagascar, unbelievable. Benin knocking out Morocco. I mean, uh, just. Uh, I mean, fantastic tournament. I mean, um, and uh, we had to watch the like, Copa America and the Gold Cup. You know what I mean. Uh, unbelievable. But uh, I, I hope that this is um, uh, something of a kind of a, of, a, of a signal of things to come or, uh, you know, a harbinger of things to come. That African football is basically, you know, I mean, we've seen this so many times, these surges, right, only to be kind of like, you know, disappointed, disappointed and or, you know, for it to see, not to see it materialize. Uh, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that we see, see something. I mean, look at the teams that got knocked out for crying out loud: Egypt, Morocco,
1: Ivory Coast, Cameroon, uh, current holders yeah, yeah, Ghana. Yeah,
0: Unbelievable, and by the smallest of nations. You know what I mean. So something's going on, and we're not getting the full picture, unfortunately. Well, uh,
1: so of those four teams that are left, prediction?
0: No. I, 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 how can you? I mean, they, they just look. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I, I just wish we could watch some of the. I, I, I'm, I'm planning to to find a way to watch the final. So, uh, but and I hope it doesn't turn out to be a dud. But you know, I, I have no, I have no prediction.
1: All right. So we're gonna take one more break. When we return, uh, it'll be our final segment of the day. Uh, as always, our discussion on VAR.
0: Hey, everyone, we're back. Um, This will probably be the first of many discussions on VAR because I don't think there's going to be anything conclusive. Um, You know, I, I just want to start off by saying my position on this is I went from being a real skeptic, then to going, yeah, this is going to work, to going back to being very skeptical, to going back to, oh, yeah, this is going to work, to going back to the point now of saying, you know what? Something has to change. And the way I see, it, I just want to say that if you're really interested, I can't remember which one, but uh, on the Guardian podcast, there was perhaps one of the best discussions I've heard on VAR. I'm at the position now, Steve, where, as far as I'm concerned, uh, VAR technology should only exist, okay, for goal line technology, okay? And reviewing handballs. And that's it. Uh, This offside, if they're going to keep it, they have to change the rule for offside. The fact that, uh, you know, your nose is beyond the line or an arm or a shoulder or even one leg for that matter, okay, I think is an absolute
1: travesty. So I'm going to clarify a couple of things. So arm and shoulder do not – you can have one arm. You can have – these are non-playing surfaces. They can be beyond –
0: yeah, but right. if your your upper body is across the line, they consider that you've got momentum. Yeah, which I think is ridiculous.
1: So, but but you're right, I, and I don't think that's an issue. To me, I don't know if that's an issue of VAR or just that the rule is outdated. Oh, that's at this
0: that's point. that's just not fair. I mean, it is VAR because I mean what we're seeing now is that VAR basically is like the British uh, uh, the English got host. the French. Uh, we're given uh, a, 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 you know, the free kick that Rapino scored on was non-existent. Okay, uh, the and, French had
1: their opportunities. Yeah, and yeah, didn't no, take of
0: them. course. But this is it, right? When you know, I, I mean, that's that to me is the corollary to this: is that at the end of the day, sometimes you're gonna have to beat the referee, and you're gonna have to beat the technology. Okay, that's just the way the game is. But if indeed they begin to rewrite these rules, okay because that, that's what it's actually revealing is that the rules of football are completely not congruent with the technology. Okay. Uh, let's take a few, a few examples, the offside rule. Okay. The offside rule for me is if your body is even, and even if there's a part of you that's just beyond, okay, I don't think that's offside, even if it's a leg, if part of your body is even and that's where they got to go, because you know what I'll tell you this. If you see in cricket, the bar, there is spaces even in between the frames. Okay, the, the the camera lies. The camera lies because everybody. I mean, if you when you slow down, you're going to find all the problems. The second thing, the penalty in in the in the game against the United States at the final. Okay, if you look at Var, Var should. Have, this woman has her foot up high. There's no doubt, but she's on the ball already. And you see more Alex Morgan already feigning the dive as she's going into the ball. So, you know, Vaughn right there should have changed everything. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, the last example, had a fantastic example when he talked about the the Brazil-Argentina final in which uh, Brazil went down and got a penalty, okay, where Sergio Aguero was basically dumped over by uh, Daniel Alves, da- Danny Elvis, okay? And that, you know, with the VAR technology, right, with the VAR technology, that should have been called a penalty in the box against Brazil. And, of course, then, you know, Argentina would have had the opportunity to score on a penalty, and had they scored, the whole complexion of the game would have changed. So, I mean, I, I, do, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that it's not working.
1: Yeah, so I think... I like that you brought up Brazil versus Argentina because I'm, I'm of the opinion that there, well, we know that there were issues when that game started that the VAR cameras weren't working at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether or not there was any type of, we, we, we know fascists. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like, I mean, we can, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's wise to start pointing to conspiracy theories, but I mean, there's room, there's room for, shall we say, uh, fidgety okay
1: well i think I, i think something that that came out of that discussion uh on the guardian podcast was was the right thing is that uh in order to make var more transparent which is what var is there to do is to make decisions more transparent all transcripts after games needs to be released.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I would even, not just the transcripts, but the audio. I mean, there has to be now, like, you know, the audio between the VAR people and the referee. When the VAR people say something to the referee and say, look into this, and the referee has the right to th- turn it over, that's got to be released at some point. But then again, like everything is after the fact. You take away from the spontane- spontaneity of the game. In the, in the Women's World Cup, how often did we see things like goals delayed? And, and never mind the discrepancies. Look, look at the Americans run, okay? Spain, there was two goals in there that should have never happened. Okay, like uh, uh, that was that was a uh, poor use of VAR. The game against France again, VAR had had an intervening, uh, 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 sorry, influenced uh, 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 the outcome, and it was poor interpretation. The game against England once again, uh, the game against uh, the final for all five matches, and one of the things that I noticed too is that. You can see that the referees being influenced now by players rushing to the referee, going go to VAR, go to VAR, go to VAR. This has changed the dynamic. Like this is a technology. People who thought that this technology would be neutral were foolish and naive.
1: Well, I don't think that's changed anything though. Because well, before before on. VAR, players would go to the referee. Surround like some but no, but, 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 but the,
0: the they should have surrounded, but there's no technology. Technology here is, is not, is no, is not value free. Well,
1: and the referee is not supposed to review it unless the people in the VAR box are telling them to.
0: Well, I, I which adds a whole layer of, of officiating, you know. I used to hear a great line from the time I was a kid when I played football. And, you know, used to, and look, I mean, hey, I'll be the first to tell you, I mean, there's been stories of teams fixing matches like you wouldn't believe, okay? Especially in Italian football and especially by the hallowed Juventus, okay? Like, this isn't speculation. This is fact, okay? But I used to hear it all the time. With the, with the officials, the best thing you can do is hope to break even. and sometimes you have to beat the official. And I just think that I would rather have the human elements control it than some apparently uh, value-neutral uh, uh, free uh, technology, which it does not exist. all technology is, is not neutral. And if anybody thought that this would change that, it's unbelievable. For me, going technology. You know, you take, take for example, England uh, against Germany in, uh, what was it, tw- 20, uh, 2010. 2010? I mean, uh, uh, and, uh, in 20, 2002, Fernando Morientes' cross that apparently was called out against Korea. You know, that's where VAR is fantastic. Anything beyond that, it, 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 it's gone too far. Like, the absurdity over handballs now, okay, uh, it, it is completely crazy. I mean, it's so inconsistent. That's a handball, but this is not a handball. I mean, you know, the rule is if your arms are flaying and the ball hits it, you know, and then there's, then there's the whole idea, which has now been abolished, ball to hand, hand to ball. And then this other rule that nobody basically followed for the last 40 years and has been brought back in, that the goaltender has to stay on the line, and if they move, and, of course, VAR is watching all of this. I mean, this, 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 this is the, – the way that this technology has been introduced – is is really yeah, it, it's gonna take a, at least a decade before they get this right
1: it's it's rarely been applied with the, the keeper situation that you're you're bringing up so I'm not I'm not quick to jump really it was point.
0: it was applied throughout the whole damn tournament
1: but it, it doesn't apply just to the keeper so you you're you're missing the second half of the rule
0: no uh, I, you're missing my point the point is that they have applied the technology to the rule and the rule is is is, is not up to date.
1: That's fine. I would agree, like, but I've, I've not, I've never disagreed with you on that. Is that the rules need to be updated? Yeah,
0: and I don't think that's going to solve the problem. I don't think that's a panacea either.
1: And I, and I think it would make it better. I, I do, I do I, think I, it would make I, it better.
0: I, I don't know if it would make it better or if it would make it worse. What it's done is it's changed the the the, the, uh, the nature of the game, and I don't think it's changed the nature of the game for the better. I think it's changed the nature of the game for the, for for the worst. And, and I think that a lot of people are going to find themselves being—they're uh, uh, going to find themselves being very disappointed because, from time and time again, you're going, you're going to see it. I mean, like, look at where was the use of VAR, or could have the use of VAR been there in uh, not last year's Champions League final, but the previous one when Sergio Ramos basically breaks? Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, oh my God, I can't. Mo Mo-Sala. Mosala's shoulder. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean and, and is that how it's supposed to be used? Or is that just stuff like this? I mean, should it be used for off the ball incidents? Should it be used to review every everything? This is this is really uh I mean, this is something look, I'm I'm not against games evolving and sports evolving, and I'm sure that this has to evolve at some point and that there will be the the advent of this kind of technology, but it is surely done in the worst way imaginable. And I mean, the blame on this rests on FIFA for just kind of saying, here, here, do it, use it, you know, there needs to be like wholesale renovations in the rules and even in training of
1: officials. Well you know my opinion on the training of officials. Yeah, but
0: I think this is this is the underlying point that this would be the conclusion I make. Is there's already a great deal of cynicism in football over referees, and I think that this is a dangerous dangerous territory. Okay, this is when you know the authority of of the referee and the authority that exists within football begins to lose legitimacy. Okay, and I think that when you know, I think that every time in a match, if you keep pointing to the, the mistakes that the referees are going to make, man, you're going to find dozens. Okay, and that, and I, 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 don't, and I think that that actually takes away from actually watching the game on its merit. And I think that this will just exacerbate a problem that already exists and create an even further degree of uh, of uh, of uh, uh, shall we say um, cynicism. And at the same time, sectarianism, because it goes back to my club, my club, my club, and not, not about the game, the game, the game. I,
1: I look to it as situations that VAR could have made for the better in the past. So you brought up more answers crossed against Korea. I would argue the World Cup final between... Spain and the Netherlands. Yeah, but I, where, but
0: but but like I mean, that's that's history and that happened. I mean, you can make the same argument for Roberto's missed penalty. Maybe he should have been able to take it over because the Brazilian keeper moves off the line before he takes it over, and VAR would have corrected that. I mean, those results are in the books. That that's what happens sometimes. You know, that's the thing. Game about football. Football is not a meritocracy. Okay. Things are going to go wrong and you're going to be on losing end sometimes of, you know, and some players are going to be on injustice and yeah, injustice.
1: But, but all I'm saying is there, if there's an opportunity to even minimally improve those situations. Then
0: and there is to, goal line technology and handballs.
1: But you need to know what the handball rule is and nobody knows what it is. Well, I think that could be
0: easily solved.
1: And I think the offside rule can be easily solved, solved too yeah. because... And even they, without the technology in it, linesmen are still going to make similar calls and similar complaints to where the players clearly, I mean, in they, our view, would be onside even though the rule says that they're not.
0: I mean, you have to put faith in the officials on the field, and I think that that's that's essentially it. I mean, two thousand and six, uh, Zidane had had bots, uh, Materazzi in an off-ball incident. Who catches it? But the linesman. Var would have caught it, but the linesman also caught it. And I mean, you know, I mean, this is the thing: you have to put faith in in the human element. And again, I'm not against the evolution, and I think that this can be used, but this has to be used in a much more
1: so. What is all? So what if the linesman had missed the Zidane headbutt?
0: He missed it, and we, you know, the folklore would have entered that you know, maybe, maybe, you know, France would have went on to win, and the discussion would have went well. Had Zidane been thrown out, and that's still the folklore. You know, it's not an either-or or thing. You know, you, you can't go back and turn back history. It just basically is what it is. You you know, this is the thing. Football fans have to kind of get past this idea of that the, the massive injustices that exist with the referees, and if had it been this guy, this would have been this, and had it been this guy, this guy, but not. You know, it doesn't matter. The games take lives of their own, personalities of their own. And trajectories of, trajectories of their own, and they should be appreciated for that. That's my opinion. I don't expect anybody to share it, but that's why that that to me, VAR has destroyed this. I,
1: agree. I I understand what you're saying. To me, I think the reason VAR has been introduced is because referees have not done themselves any favors. Uh, training has for for referees has not. Followed the pace of the game. Um,
0: the The only the only reason I can see this is that the game definitely has become faster. Okay, players have become more athletic. They've become they're 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 faster. They're uh, uh, I mean all 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 the cliches apply, and yeah, that does escape the the referee's attention. But I'd rather put faith in the five officials that are on the field, you know. And uh, there are much more safeguards. And 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 and, and if I would use VAR, it would be at, at, at its most minimal use of my, my, like I said, those those three those three areas: uh, goal line technology, or you know, like basically boundary technology if it's out of bounds and something like that happens, handballs, and uh, of course offsides. Oh, and I would actually. Uh, maybe on off the ball incidents
1: you red, know? or red card all I mean but, but like,
0: this is yeah I mean I don't know because there's been there's been so many times that we saw tackles from behind even in even in the women's World Cup final where the player got the ball entirely and there wasn't even a card given do you know what I mean or a foul given I mean what are we gonna do? we're gonna review everything
1: no so I've always I've always believed in turning it into a challenge system in the same way that it exists in American football or in hockey where That's interesting. Maybe maybe you lose a substitution. Yeah. If your challenge is incorrect, you lose a sub.
0: Something is – I mean, I think we can all agree that in its current format it is not working.
1: You know? No, it's it's not. Whether or not it's the referees ignoring the VAR box or the VAR box –
0: Well, I mean, I think that the referees are kind of caught in in, 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 the camera
1: technology, like you've said. I think the biggest thing is is that the technology can't tell the full truth.
0: Yeah. And I think what happens is they're caught between a rock and a right place because then all of a sudden, you know, once the video footage is there, they have to basically, you know, and you know that they're going to be roasted and they know that they're going to be roasted. And there's so much pressure. So they're going to call things, you know, they're going to lean certain ways in certain scenarios that are not always going to provide the just outcome. And and particularly, I mean, I I think of like, you know, uh, that that call, you know, which basically went back to this technical rule, which is, to me, the rule is open to so much interpretation about what a high foot is and when contact is made and so on and so on and so on and so forth. To me, that was negligible. And then all of a sudden, bang, (laughs) they're giving a penalty. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, the, all I want to say is go back. I, I I will I will post it on uh, on the the Pena and on the page. The um, podcast on the Guardian was an extraordinary six to eight minute discussion with with Jonathan Wilson, and I think that he had come up with one of the best best uh, ideas uh, or best interpretations and criticisms of VAR that I've I've seen or I've heard yet. So. But I'm sure we will be revisiting this uh, in a time in and time out. Cool. Any predictions, my friend, for the new, new season?
1: Nothing. Not yet. Not yet. It's still too soon. I, have uh, I, I will say, any transfers that have surprised you? Nothing. i was surprised that uh, Atletico paid $114 million for Joao Felix. But
0: You knew that he was going to get paid that money. I'm surprised he went there.
1: I think it's the right place to go. Though. I think
0: it's the great place to go for him to go, uh, I, and and I hope
1: he flourishes. You know, uh, Griezmann ending up at Barcelona, although that's going to turn into a whole mess. Like Atletico yeah, yeah. wants to sue Barcelona over well that, that, meddling, and
0: that'll be one of my my predictions this year is I don't think that Barcelona is going to win the championship. I mean, we're going to see Barcelona fall dramatically this year.
1: Real Madrid looks
0: really good. Well, I mean, they, they've spent yeah. the money. But I don't I don't think Barcelona uh, has the players anymore. Uh, I don't think Liverpool is going to repeat uh, the, the performance that we saw this year. Uh, I don't think Juventus is going to win the Champions League despite breaking the bank this year.
1: They haven't broke the bank. All the players uh, they brought in are like on a free at this point.
0: But they basically have like, I mean, if they had three teams, they would finish first, second, and third in in Serie A. Okay. Um, What else? I I, I, I see uh, the playoffs in the MLS being absolutely fantastic. There's
1: so many good teams in the yeah, MLS right yeah. now. LAFC is just a step above everybody so else. far. Yeah, like just yeah. big time, big time ahead.
0: But, but I mean, yeah. that's that's just preliminary uh, predictions. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see anything else bank happening. I mean, uh, I, I think that. Oh, I will say this. I think that that kind of group of seven uh, or, or five to seven teams in the Premiership will expand to ten this year.
1: I think it's six, but yeah, uh, I don't know who's going to break it. It'll be, it'll be one of Leicester, West Ham, Everton, or Wolves. I think will be mm. those will be the four teams that will challenge to get into that group.
0: And I'm hoping Watford will be there again this year. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you know we'll see other teams, right? You know, but it's great to see the team from Sheffield back in the Premiership.
1: Uh, even if it is for one year even
0: but. yeah even exactly but you know I mean it would be great to have them both back
1: but you know th- that's
0: fantastic so
1: Oh Villa's back too which I know yeah. is 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 good and I know you're just waiting on Forest now that's all you're
0: Well uh, I I'm, I'm waiting for Leeds and Forest to come back yeah It would be nice but but not in Forest is like in crisis I think at this point <laughs> you
1: know. I hope I hope they hire Roy Keane <laughs> Just
0: just just for the soap opera that that, that will become for Roy Keane, everything for Roy Keane is shit.
1: That's it. Or have yes, yeah. Solskjaer should hire Roy Keane to come and work with him. Fuck it.
0: Oh my god, will <laughs> be a, can you imagine that there there'll be corpses on the field.
1: I would pay money to watch Roy Keane in like or, a cage fight with Paul Pogba. Well,
0: I, I I I that would be like the best. Like you know what they did like uh, the Sunderland. Uh, um, uh,
1: so the doc, yeah, yeah the Sunderland, Sunderland, uh, Sunderland reality
0: doc, whatever. They should not win for you know. They should bring uh, Roy Keane in as as an assistant coach at Manchester United and give us like a full season of episodes. That would be amazing. That guy wouldn't. I, I bet you Roy Keane wouldn't make it to November.
1: <laughs> he, I, I actually think he would beat Paul Pogba up.
0: Oh no, he probably would. Or and uh, uh, among a few others too. Yeah. But it, it, it's going to be a good year, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, should we leave them with a, a, a question?
0: Yeah. Things
1: to post on the group, like who who is your player of the year or whatever? Uh,
0: yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah, give us your your mm-hmm. player. Player well, of the you, year, worst player. Give us your thoughts.
0: Just your thoughts. Disappointments, surprises, you know, and try not to be – Try not to be sectarian about this. You know, just don't, don't pick your team. That goes to you, Juventus supporters out
1: there. Uh, uh, lastly, we are going to uh, wish a happy retirement to uh, Mr. Robot himself. Uh, Peter Crouch uh, retired uh, about three days ago at the age of 38. Uh, 100 Premier League goals to his name. Played in two different World Cups. Um I loved Peter Crouch, even though he never played for my club. But uh, yeah.
0: Stu's a gentleman. Yeah. Gentleman all the way, man.
1: Looking forward to I, – I look forward to having him as someone, as a pundit, because I think he'll he'll bring a very interesting perspective uh, into whatever team that he signs into. Uh, and then we also want to say we're very sorry to hear that uh, James Sharman uh, has left Sportsnet. Uh, he was definitely the much better pair out of uh, him and Christian Jack. So we will definitely miss hearing, uh, hearing those guys. Uh, That's going to be a void. In, the, in fact, yeah, the
0: fact that Sportsnet lost uh, the rights to show the TSN. Well, so there is
1: no, there's no premiership on TV this year.
0: Wow. Yeah. I did not know that.
1: That's why you gotta, you gotta, okay. So we're going to plug this, even though they're not paying us to plug them. Uh, Dezo, but, the Well,
0: let's stop. Let's not plug anything. Not yet. Listen, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, uh, beneath plugging things, but we believe we should be play paid if we're going to be bugging,
1: plugging if things. If you do want to watch the Premiership, though, you're going to have to pay for it. It's 20 bucks a month. Uh, yeah. Look for, look for the app on uh, whatever devices you have.
0: I think I'm going to start going to Ottawa Fury matches.
1: You complained about where their stadium was, though.
0: Well, it's an awful – it's an ugly stadium. That's when it really does. Well, it is an me. ugly sta- the be, stadium. The ugliest stadium in the a, world. They
1: Whole Foods next to it. Exactly. But so. it's it's placed where it should be. Yeah. And at least Ottawa – In the got, heart of the it, city. At least Ottawa got yeah. something right.
0: But I'll tell you something, right? If indeed that was a big, big, big sporting franchise, they would knock that stadium down in a heartbeat and build it up in some – Suburb, God forsaken, soul sucking suburb outside of uh, outside of Ottawa. I guarantee, just like they did with that disgusting UFO that exists in Canada. There,
1: you know, I've never seen this UFO.
0: The, the, uh, the, oh, the
1: Canadian Tire Center. Are you talking about the, the, the Senders place?
0: Yeah, but they call it. It was used to be the Corral Center, and now it's the Canadian Tire Center. Or is, and,
1: yes, it's yeah, something yeah, along those lines. Whatever.
0: Yeah, why don't they just call it? You know, why don't they just turn it into a bingo? You know what I mean? That would be the best thing that they could do to that that building. Or take the wrecking ball to it. You know what I mean? Anyways, we will see you again. Well, We'll be back. We'll record our next pod on August 17th. And it'll probably be released shortly thereafter. In the meantime, uh, follow us on Twitter. Try to move from our little penna to the page. I'll be posting a lot more and I'll be more consistent as things begin, uh, uh, move after this pod. Uh, sorry about, uh, you know, the, uh, our, uh, shall we say, uh, just lack of presence, you know, uh, our absence, you know, things got busy. and uh, But we're going to try to do this uh, uh, more regularly.
1: August 11th is the first week of the Premiership. Uh, the game to watch, the first game of the season to watch that week will be Frank Lampard versus Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Chelsea versus United, in the battle to see which manager gets fired first. That is all for us. We will see you, uh, as Julian said, August 17th.
0: Take care.